0: The beautiful thing is, is when those things happen is you have to decide at that point in time, what's next? What do we do now? And really, no matter what it is in life that you get a curveball, it's not a matter of what you do at the moment, it's what you decide to do moving forward.
1: Welcome to Access Points, the podcast where we discuss the tools, habits and ideas that can help you achieve and maintain the leadership mindset so you can reach peak performance. Are you ready for your all-access pass to some of the top minds on the topic of leadership?
2: Let's get started.
1: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Access Points Podcast. I'm Davin Marceau, the Chief Operating Officer, and I'm here today with our Chief Executive Officer and owner, Mr. Tim Elliott. How are you doing, Tim? Good afternoon, sir. It's good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you, too. And we're not alone. We are not, oh wow, oh hey, there is somebody else here. Hello everyone. We are also graced with the presence of our Vice President of Sales, Mr. Mike Kelly. Welcome to Dallas, Mike.
2: Thank you, Davin, thank you, Tim. Looking forward to fun podcast.
1: Yeah, it's, it's always nice to have you around in the Dallas office, being able to work on things like forecast and sales and all kinds of fun stuff.
2: All kinds of fun stuff that goes <laughs> along with uh, leading a sales team, so yes, proud to be here.
1: And along with leading a sales team comes change and turnover and opportunity, does it not?
2: Always. I think it's probably the one thing that is consistent is that all things are always changing.
1: And and Tim, I think that's something that's a little bit near and dear to your heart as well is is opportunity and and along with that opportunity oftentimes comes turnover um, and changes in our personnel, right? It does, it Does. does. And that's what we're gonna talk about today is how to rethink your organization after you either lose somebody or let somebody go. I like it. Yeah. I I think it'll be, and it's one that's near and dear to our heart right now, right? We we had a couple of super important team members receive some, some great opportunities and, and are moving on to other things. And for us, I think it's really driven by mindset, like everything else, isn't it, Tim? It is.
0: It's like anything else. When you first hear something, whether, whether it's, uh, you know, especially you hear something like someone is going to leave and it's their decision versus when it's our decision, we kind of know. So it's not, it's not as much of a a shock, but you know, getting that phone call that someone is going to leave your organization, you know, that first feeling is, ugh you know, um, especially when, especially when things are running really smooth, uh, that first gut that you get is, uh,
2: and then it's a matter of what do you do then? Right
1: hmm mike it's always a little bit of like a wave of panic
2: right it is i think it's it's always a surprise and i can speak from the sales side of things is that if it's a surprise to you then your reaction is probably going to be normal but i could tell you early in my career whenever this type of thing would happen it was like the sky is falling and what am i going to do and over time with the mindset training that i think we spend time and effort around here with you you certainly change that quite a bit. It, it becomes almost like, you know what, not everyone is committed, as committed to, as others maybe are to the mission or the, the organization, what you're trying to do. And when opportunities come their way, you can be negative about it or you can take on a very positive mindset of growth and what this means to organization in terms of how we can get even better. In the recent time we've gone through this, I think we did a very good job of that. Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh,
0: I was really proud of and really happy about was I got a phone call. I guess it was about a week ago, give or take, from Davin. I think the word you said was it's never easy, and then you want to tell me we had we had someone in the organization that had found another opportunity, and so we we briefly talked about it in probably thirty seconds, forty five seconds, and I think both of us within 30, 45 seconds used the word good. Good. You know, I I look back to a year and a half ago, two years ago, three years ago. I don't think we could have done that. I don't think we could have used those same words. So for those of you that are listening, we want you to know that not only do we talk about these mindsets, but we also try to apply them. And when you have someone in your organization that has really done a fantastic job, it's a key part in this case um, that we're going to probably talk about in a few minutes on our executive team, two of them are part of our executive team, you know, when you get that news It used to be gut-wrenching, but now it's
2: with the right mindset is good. Let's figure out how we do this. I think that's so telling because the mindset work that we have consistently stayed on for the last easily three years is so responsible for this whole calm, you know, demeanor that we have. It's not a lack of intensity in the day-to-day work that we do, but it's a calm demeanor that goes along with strategic decisions that come our way. It's not overwhelming. Nothing is the end of the world. We have kind of fought through a number of different things and we've come out smelling like a rose in many cases with growth as well as mindset and and all things that go into it. So when these things do come your way, it's how you've handled it over the last three years and what you've learned from that to give you the skill set to be able to handle it as well as we did just recently.
1: Absolutely. And it's
2: mindset and it's repetition. <laughs> yeah. and when you yeah. look across That's very true. Access <laughs> over the last three
1: years, yes. we've had a lot of repetition. It's, it comes with experience. We, yeah. we really have, because we knew that three years ago, there was a, a, a significant culture based overhaul that needed to happen across the company and we did that and it was difficult and it was hard and there were some dark days and there were some days where it was awfully difficult to say good, but we kept saying good and we kept trying to evolve as an organization and that's why being able to sit where we are today and receive the news like we did from Rob a, a, about a week ago that he's moving on to another another opportunity, we're able to say good yeah. and we're able to recognize the fact that success in life is not a zero-sum game. Right. The fact that Rob is successful and he has an opportunity, doesn't it doesn't make us a bad organization. It doesn't mean that we didn't. Anything wrong. And I think that's all too often when, as a leader, when you get that notification that, hey, Davin, I'm leaving for another opportunity, we automatically become a little bit selfish and we're like, what did I do wrong? And we start to view it as a bit of a personal affront, but it's not. If you don't mentor and train your people to be able to get the next level of opportunity, then you're not doing a very good job as a leader
0: anyway, right? Right, right. And, and that's, you know, it, I think back to those times, and I think back to, you know, how many times that's taken place, and you know, going back to first reaction, is we tend to blame ourselves, and I think the reason we do that is we we start first blame ourselves. What did we do? And then you turn to what blame them? Why did they do this to me? And I think you always when things don't go right, whether that's a lost sale or, you know, a lost employee or, uh, you know, whatever, lost relationship, whatever it is, we always try to look for blame. And I think it's the first thing we do. And then when we start to peel the layers back a little bit, we start to look at not necessarily blame, but wow, how did this transpire? And sometimes when we do that, we start diving into this onion and then start peeling the layers back. And we can get in trouble when we do that. We start looking for things. And when you start looking for things, you find things sometimes that aren't there, aren't there, but we we make them there. Oh, that must be because of this. It must be because of that. When that may or may not be right. And so sometimes we have to take things at face value. But I think the brilliant thing that comes out of these things is, th- is you have to pivot. Yeah. You have to figure out a way to change, Mike. I, I'll go back to you know an issue you had when we had a salesperson leave, and it was several months ago, and we stopped and went, man, and especially salespeople, you mm-hmm. work so hard on training. What did I miss? You train and you train and you invest and you invest, and and you know and with with different sales jobs in different places, it means means different things, but in healthcare you know, our sales cycles are so long and and it's so, we invest so much money and time and effort into people that when it finally comes around, it's time for things to start really picking up and for all that work that they did and you did to come to fruition with with sales and money and opportunities. And right at the peak of that, they leave. And it doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while, in this case, it was about that time. And I know was, as much as you've invested personally into that person into that area and so much effort both emotional physical mental and for most monetary to see that it's just painful it's really painful and it's gut-wrenching because you've put so much yourself into it
1: this episode is brought to you by voris a strategic sales advisor for early stage startups At Forest, we'll add a startup sales expert to your team without the cost and commitment of hiring full-time. We offer sales and SDR advisory for teams serious about exceeding their goals as well as strategy and process recommendations to help accelerate growth. Let us tell you exactly what to focus on to dramatically improve your results. We help
2: early-stage startups hit their revenue goals and you are only one click away from more revenue. Forest.com. It's kind of like you know when you're building whatever you're building whether or not that is a beautiful piece of furniture at home or you're building a team it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna really go to the extra, Steps to make sure that my that my joints are nice and filed, and then everything's fitting nicely. And I'm going to make sure that that person on the team is truly fulfilled, and they're getting what they need so that they can be successful. But as you say, the the learning curve. And if if we're nothing else, I can tell you we're we're certainly patient when it comes to that learning curve. This is a very difficult business that we're in. If you don't know healthcare, I mean, spend some time look on the you know walk into a hospital and look on the wall and just. See all the departments that make up a hospital it's difficult and when you do invest and you you kind of go down that pathway with them for so long and then for them to leave. Yes, it's a, it, the, the immediate reaction. And I'll tell you, I've, I've built sales teams for a long time and I've hired a bunch of salespeople and we've lost a lot of salespeople. The reaction to those leaving before was, oh my God, you know, and I'm immediately like, I want to figure out, what, well, what did we do wrong? And, and all of this type of thing. And the funny thing about this last one was, you know what, it came to us and the reaction was exactly what you said. Good, okay. And in, in some cases, was there a bullet that we avoided? Was there, was the opportunity better because this person's no longer here? And I would tell you even in sales, you know, when, you know, when things are just not on or there's something that's just a little bit off and, and if, if it gives us any kind of indication that this type of thing is coming our way, that's the type of stuff where I think we're so much better at hearing now. We're so much better at listening we're, and, and open to some of those data points that are coming back to us all the time.
0: But the beautiful thing is, is, is when those things happen is you have to decide at that point in time, what's next? What do we do now? Yeah. And and really, no matter what it is in life that you get a a, a curveball, it's not a matter of what you do at the moment, it's what you decide to do moving forward. And we've had, you know, with a salesperson, then we had, sounds like, sounds terrible, but this is over a period of time, of course. So, uh, you know, we've had these people go and we've been able to look at each one of them, and go, okay, what's next? And, you know, when we come to, back to the salesperson, you know, Mike and I got on the phone and we talked about it and we said, okay, what are we going to do? And do we fill the position? Do we do something different? And so we kind of came together and we said, hmm, let's dream about this. What would be the perfect scenario? And I think you and I went through and said, you know, the person that left, what were the strengths? What were the things they did really well or the things that didn't do well? How can we bring somebody in now that encompasses some of those things that they did really well, but also have... know some tools and some areas of strength that they didn't have. And we actually took it from what the position was and turned it into even a very different position. In this case, more of a data driven analytics driven um, with the future of teaching them sales based on analytics. So, you know, based on what we've figured out over the years is the sales analytics and the marketing, the way we do marketing now really has to do a lot of the sales comes from that. And so uh, instead of us making cold calls and all that, and that where now it's more analytics, we're able to bring someone in that deals with analytics more and then can finish the sales process. So what we did there was we basically just took what was handed to us, changed it up, made a different position, and now we have a different new position that really deals with how our customer buys now. Right.
2: The, the advice that I would give to those listening to the podcast is that as soon as this type of thing does happen, person leaves your organization. Don't immediately jump to the idea of I've got to replace. Right. Take a breath. Look at objectively. Do this idea of what Tim's talking about. Let's dream about what would be perfect. If we could really make this exactly what makes sense for us now, because what makes sense for us now is different than what made sense for us a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. And by doing that or at least going through that process, what we're coming out of it with is a much more efficient, a better use of our resources, and a and and what fits for us moving forward right now. You know, giving us an opportunity to create something where it didn't exist before. That's a level of uh, professional maturity, professional objectivity that I don't think many companies have. I think it's one that we 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 sharpen our knife every day working on it. And that's why we can say good. Um, wish this person the best, and obviously we're invested in his, in his or her success, whether or not they're here or they're somewhere else.
1: Yeah, we've reduced our workforce by close to forty yeah. percent in
2: the last three years,
1: and some people would would recoil at that a little bit. But because we've done that, we become more efficient, we become more effective. We've been able to reward and compensate and do and take care of the employees that we do have because we're better at, at our process. Because we don't automatically go to I need to replace salesman A. It's like, I need to rethink how we do this process. And we've come upon that recently with with Rob's situation, with Rob right. transitioning out, is we were able to look across our organization and be like, okay, how do we do this? So we asked, not who's gonna replace Rob. right? You know, How are we gonna continue to support our customers? How are we going to continue to have a high level of success with our implementations? Those are the two things, those are the desired end states. So we looked across and we said, we have these people that will fit into this new process or this new scheme, and it was seamless. Yeah, you did not have to hire somebody else. You don't have to. You don't have to bring in another body or two bodies or or whatever. You just have to to, to ask the question for how do we continue to support our customers at a high level in uninterrupted fashion, how do we do it? And then and then step away, right? And, and you right. and I didn't figure it right there. The last thing you wanna do is sit and stew in your office or, or dwell on it, go golf, go sit in a sauna, go work out, go do something. And, and that, that's gonna get those juices flowing for oftentimes
2: how you can better solve that problem. Think about that learning curve. If you were to, if you automatically jumped the idea of having to go replace, 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 because just for the sole fact that you lost someone, your learning curve—you've just—you've—you've you've started back at the at the starting line when you haven't even really looked at necessarily what that person did, what that j- job does, or what it looks like today versus back when that person was hired. It could be different, and in many ways, especially on the sales and marketing side, the sales process is just different. Keep in mind, this is coming from a guy that I'll beat my head against the wall for as long as you let me to go try to sell something. It's just not the way that things are done today. I don't need to be the 100 cold call guy. It, it's not effective in how I do it. If I can jump in and take 40% of that sales process in the beginning and automate those those tools, it changes the type of salesperson that I need on the back end. What it means to us is that we're much more efficient. Our productivity is better. Our The prosperity of the company is better. What it means to our customers is that we're more focused on what they need, when they need it, and where they need it. They need that marketing touch early on and they need that sales touch later on so to force a salesperson to do both doesn't make sense we are focusing our resources where they need to be focused with the right people
1: another interesting point i think tim you'll agree with this too is the era is different you know it really is this is not our father's and our grandfather's workplace where people come and work at the same place for 30 40 50 years you know you have to understand that today's workforce especially in a in a technology-based environment is a transient workforce you have to know that going into it and if you expect people to stay around for 10 years then you're going to get stung and you're going to find yourself having to scramble to make up for that a little bit and so for us you know it it starts at that at that training level train your people and cross train your people and make sure that they understand how to do their job but also how to understand how to do the adjacent person's job so when they inevitably leave because you either train them well and they leave because of an opportunity or you, tra- you don't train them well enough and you end up having to let them go or they quit because they don't feel fulfilled within their job. They're going to go. So start from there. Start with the fact that you're not going to keep people in this environment for 10, 15 years and have that understanding and, and put your workforce and your training and your mentoring in place to be able to support that idea. And with that being said, you know this is a um, I wish I'd have
0: known a long time ago, what I know now, for those of you that are listening, start training your people to lead before they're leaders. And we've mm-hmm. talked about that on the podcast is, is start training leadership with the people that aren't in leadership yet, but have the skills that are doing a great job where they are. If they're going to move up in the organization is it's really tough to train those people how to lead as they're supposed to be leading. We talked about that even that this morning is is be able to take someone that you've been teaching how to lead, how to treat people, how to get the most of people. In our case, letting them understand about Colby's and Cliftons, how we use those strengths, how to look at their people, look at the people in your organization and look at the people on your team and say, who, how are the people on my team, what are their strengths and how do I get the most out of those, even when I'm not the leader? But how do I learn to do that? So when it is time for them to be able to move up or to move into a different spot in their organization, or even when they move out and go to a different spot uh, in another organization, they already have some skills that they can jump into an area of leadership and be effective. It's very difficult. And most of us, you guys are probably the, like me that are, you know, Davin's the youngest probably of this group. But, but you think about 20 years, years, but whatever. <laughs> Dog <laughs> years. But you think about, you know, we got thrown into an area of leadership where, hey, you're the best sales guy. So you must, you're going to be a sales manager. Mm -hmm. And so that's usually a recipe for disaster um, because you're learning on the fly. You're learning how to motivate people when really you're just trying to figure out how to motivate yourself. And even all the way into executive or admin levels, you know. People learning on the job leadership is a tough, tough gig. So one of the things I tell you is train your people with leadership before they actually need to be leaders. And the second thing is, is have a pipeline of people. So if you're in the, depending on your industry or even outside your industry, get involved in the organization. If you're leadership or you're the owner of the business, get involved in clubs in organizations where you're around other entrepreneurs, other business owners, where you can find out about people, especially executives, that you can start building relationships with people outside your organization. And you could actually be grooming them to be in your organization before they even know it. Or in the case of, I can remember when Davin was actually telling me, hey, I'm going to be your COO one day. So, i was thinking about that from the day that he told me that and was kidding around but not kidding you know i started looking at that way ahead of time and i was able to every time we had an operational issue in the back of my mind i'm like man Davin could fix that And so it took a while, but the right timing had to be right. But, you know, if, if I didn't know people or I wasn't social out and outside of my normal circle, I would have, you know, you never know who those people are. And so the more people you get to know and the bigger your circle is, the more people you're going to be able to pull into spots that uh, when you have those empty spots that you can not necessarily just fill those, but fill them with the right people, you know, filling them with a body with a, you know, some with a a mouth breather, I think is what you call them, (laughs) you know. Th- that's a recipe for disaster because you're yeah. going to wind up with a really bad situation. But find the right people is key. And you have to have that
2: database. There's no doubt we have proven we can do exponentially more with the small right team versus a team of, especially on the sales side, let's put it this way. I can do more with a, with a small team of the right salespeople, meaning I could with three or four salespeople, I could do absolutely more than what I could have done with 10 salespeople that are not the right Okay. Right. So it really gets to the, this whole idea of the mindsets that we teach. The example that, that, that I wanted to bring up that, that we're going through right now is that yes, we had a salesperson leave and no, we didn't immediately jump to the idea of where can and how can I replace quickly? This is when Tim and I looked at it and said, dream about it. And if we could have it any way we wanted, this is what we would do. And we've come up with it. And, and one of the byproducts of doing that is that for the salespeople that we do have now, they've coming to us wanting to take over some of that leadership role. Leadership on the job, absolutely, it's difficult, but the opportunities for those leadership and putting some of our younger folks or or not as tenured folks necessarily in a position so that they can work with some of the new talent that's coming in, it's a great opportunity for them to learn some of the skills. Great opportunity to kind of do something that's not on their job description every day, but certainly makes them more valuable to us as a leadership team every day of the week.
1: Yeah. A couple of points on that is it doesn't, it's not this big robust junior leadership program that people think that it is. Yeah, it's it's not, not online classes. It's not, it's none of that. It's asking and empowering people to lead up the chain of command, asking them what they think, asking your project manager, Hey, you know, I know you've been involved with this client. We're taking a look at how to do this better. What do you think? Yeah. It's things like that that empower them and train them to be a leader leader where they are right now, because then they become influential and leaders have to be influential. So that's one point. And and the second point is, you know, Tim, you talked about pulling from the, the pool of right people. How many people in this company right now came as a result of somebody that they knew within the organization, especially the ones that have been successful? A majority. Close to every single one of them, right? Where a lot of times the ones we swing and miss on We're from some from Indeed or wherever. And I'm not saying that that's not a viable pool of candidates, but talent knows talent. And every time in the last couple of years where we've had something, a position where we needed to fill, we ask somebody in the organization that we know is good at their job. Hey, who do you know? You know, do you have any friends that are looking? And we filled with people from that pool, from that bucket. And we've been wildly successful rather than trying to reach out to the market at large. And I think the key behind that is, they're not willing to, they have worked so hard in this
0: organization to make what is, they're not gonna pull anybody in the organization that's not great. Like I, and the great thing is, it's almost like they've worked with them before. They've seen what they've done. They've seen what they're capable of. And I think of Rennie is a good example Mm -hmm. that Scott brought in just an absolute rock star we wouldn't have ever found that guy by ourselves but he did a great job with scott back in the day and scott said hey i know a guy yeah And, and and having trust in that that he was a rock star somewhere else
1: gives us a pretty good feeling he's going to be a rock star here too. You bet. You want people that are going to be an extension of your name, right. right? Like I'm not going to refer anybody that I don't think is going to have a high level of execution. That's going to be really good because that's my name on that person. So if they fail, my political capital, my yeah. reputation has taken a hit. And we want that because we want that level of accountability, which is one of our core values. We want that across the organization. So we seek it out. Yeah, that's that's
0: really strong. So a couple of things I you know wants to really make sure everybody understands is you know when somebody leaves, the first thing is is don't panic. Instead of trying to think, who do I know, stop and think, what is this? What are we trying to accomplish? This job that's now open, what can we do with that? Do we need to hire somebody in their place? Do we just split this up? Do we need to rethink what it is? We have the opportunity you have an opportunity to really think through what do we want. Not who we want, but what do we want this to be? once you figure that out then hire for that don't try to replace rob with rob right great guy unbelievable talent did great things at access and i we had a call i guess it was monday and i was able to tell him Mm -hmm. how great he was and and what i felt about him and and what a, a super job he did at the organization how he helped change some of the departments he was responsible for good and you being able to see that and see someone do that I don't know that we'd find another guy like that to do exactly the same thing. Rob had very unique talents, but we're able to say, what do we want to have happen and be able to bring somebody in, in this case, within the organization to take a part of that that maybe even do even better with a certain part of that, but still do some other task outside of it. So rethinking that, that's number one. Number two, always be training the talent pool that you have so that the people that you do want to move up. When you want to move them up, they're ready. What I mean by that is they've been taught leadership. They've been asked the questions. Davin, like you mentioned, you know, hey, we've got a situation in front of us. What would you do? What do you think we ought to do? So getting them to build some confidence in their leadership and their decision making skills. And then three is look at where you're hiring, what's your, your pool of hires. And I love you brought that up, Davin, is really take a look at, ask the people internally, who do you know? Always start there. And I know we've had our HR person, does a great job of that too. In fact, I even think we've, our rock stars here, our analysts came from her, somebody she knew. Mm-hmm. So you're dead on. I didn't even think about that till you mentioned that, but you're dead on. So those are the three things
1: I would really focus on is when those things happen, stop and think, what do we need? Absolutely. So Mike, we've got three. Do you have a fourth one to add to maybe make this like a quadruple aim kind of thing?
0: <laughs> I, I, think, I think you have something that you wanted to address or something that you wanted to add.
2: No, you guys are so smart. I'm just not even going to add anymore. All
1: right. I think that's a good place that, to wrap this that's up. That's a first by the way. Yeah. No kidding. Nothing I, yeah, you I'm add? speechless. I mean, nothing you add?
2: The, um, that sage wisdom from, from you, I think is, is more than I could ask for today. We're so. going to mark this day on the calendar.
1: The, the sales this guy has nothing else to on, say. On
2: this day of our Lord, may <laughs> the... <laughs>
1: <laughs> on the day of our Lord, May 4th, 2021, Mike Kelly. Had I can speak more about the, tr-
2: the quadruple aim if you'd like me to, but yeah, we, we would we're like good. nothing less. We're good. All
1: right. So for our listeners, as always, we appreciate your feedback on this. Go to our website at accesscfm.com and check us out there. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give us a like, thumbs up, tweet, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. And let us know we can make this better for you guys. Tim, Mike, appreciate your guys' time and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.